this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. A week into the MLB season, a week into the Philly season, and things for the Phillies are, are going just about as about as well as they could have. Uh, and, you know, we'll obviously get into that. I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Doppert. This week, Ty was not here last week, uh, so unfortunately we didn't get his predictions for the season, but I'm glad to have him back. And Ty, you know, last week we talked about the fact that you picked Andrew Knapp on Ring It over and over and over, and how the one the, the two times he did ho- hit a home run, you didn't pick him. So how does it feel to have that win on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, um, winning, winning, being in first place in Ring It, obviously – Ring it is our friend Ray Dunn, uh, Ray Dunn BTV on Twitter. He runs this competition called Ring It. You pick which Phillies are going to homer all throughout the season, uh, and they're all ranked accordingly with different point totals. I pick Andrew Knapp when he starts. It's good value, a four-point pick. Last year, uh, I unfortunately would forget on the days that he would homer. But on Sunday, he got that first Phillies homer of the year. I, of course, picked him. I'm tied for first. I don't know if I'm still tied for first after after tonight's game, but for you know at least to start the year I'm beating Johnny uh, after his Mickey Mouse championship in Ring It last year oh, in the shortened on. season. Shortened season, please win a real season. Um, so yeah, I'm on the board. I'm <laughs> I'm beating Johnny. That's all that really matters. It's good. It's all good right. to it's good to have that to to follow along to. Yeah. No. It it as 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 Ty said. Um, Right on DTB on BTB on Twitter and and he runs this and it's it's great. Uh, like you said, I won last year. Call it a Mickey Mouse championship, whatever. I beat you. Win a real ring of championship. All right. Okay. Um, so you know, Ty, uh, we think he might be in first place for ring it. And the Phillies, we know, are in first place in the NL East. And I think that is kind of the the overall story because they're five and one. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night, so just after their win over the Mets. Uh they're five and one, and they've they've won games kind of a, a different way each time. Uh, obviously, today was a they just hit a bunch of home runs and 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 uh, you know got it done that way. On Monday night, they were down by two runs at one point. You know, so so they've been doing it a, a few different ways. Than- well, of, offensively, it's been different. Uh, kind of the moral of the story throughout all their wins so far is that the pitching looks really incredible. Um, Starting pitching looks solid, and especially the bullpen has been really impressive in this first week. Super early, but eye test-wise, just seeing the stuff that they have, like this looks like a completely different bullpen compared to last year. Um, so that's kind of been the kind of been the strong point, the pitching so far this season. Uh, before today, the last game in the Met series where the offense really came alive with some homers, so their their offense has been not quite as good as advertised they weren't really hitting yeah. homers and doubles they were kind of doing some small ball and putting blue pits Oops. in there and they were yeah. they were winning still but not really like what we saw today well and and you know they, they scored they scored five runs on monday night 
but other than that, you know, they scored four on Saturday and and, and only two Sunday and, and three on Thursday. If I if I and, and even even when they were scoring runs, that you think even back to the first series against the Braves and that one in the on opening day that hit from Rio Muto that kind of just went to where the second baseman would have been that he just did not hit very hard. There was a Hoskins double, I believe in that game that came off the bat about 65 miles an hour. Like they were, they were having some good luck, which in baseball, you're going to need you. You need the breaks to fall to kind of fall in your favor if you're going to win games, but it's, it would be kind of disingenuous to say uh, through some of the first games that they were really doing, doing great as an offense, hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, there are some moments, obviously, that they have good offensive players, but in this last Mets game, uh, put up eight runs, and they seem like they're starting to put it together. Well, and I think that's the thing, right? They they weren't hitting. I know, you know, like I said, the, the most uh, the highest number of runs they scored was five. Um, but even then, like you said, it was it was that that eighth inning on Monday. A lot of it, some luck involved in error and 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 all of that. Not many hard hit balls. But the fact that they were able to win those games, that's the pitching staff. You know, you look at you look at Thursday and Sunday, right? Their their starting pitchers lifted in tie games. Last year, does the bullpen hold hold the tie? I don't know. A lot of times, no, probably a lot of times, not. A lot of times, no. Right? And you on a, at, on average, no. Considering they had like uh, an ERA over seven. Yeah. Like, on Monday, average, they do not hold those leads. Yeah. You know, Monday night. Matt Moore is lifted in the fourth inning. They're down, they're down two nothing in the fourth inning. And they're facing Jacob DeGrom. That's that's a loss. That is a loss last year. No matter who comes into the bullpen last year, they're down, they're they're down by five or six runs at some point on average, right? And they what they did in the in the fourth inning, they put in Brandon Kinsler, who obviously was a Marlin last season. I don't think there's a single person in the bullpen last year that you could definitively look to and expect them to come in in a bases loaded situation in the fourth inning and expect them to even not give up another run in that inning alone. Like there isn't, you know, there's a, there's a thought to managing a bullpen that you want your pitchers, uh, your better pitchers to come in in really high leverage situations even if it is in the fourth inning, the fifth inning, the sixth inning, and maybe it's not always your absolute best reliever all the time, but there were not enough high leverage guys in the bullpen last season. And with the Phillies this year, they have Kinsler, who has been a high leverage closer the past few years that can go in those high leverage situations when they don't only show up in the seventh, eighth, and the ninth inning. And it, you know, managing last year's bullpen for Joe Girardi, that is a, an impossible task to, to be asked to deal with. Um, I don't know if this bullpen is quite uh, the kind that he had in, you know, 2016, 2017 with the Yankees, but he had some really good bullpens and he managed them well because uh, kind of the key to having a good bullpen and managing it is having all the have good players be really good is <laughs> yeah. to, to have really good relievers like he did in New York with Chapman and Green and Betances and I don't know if it's if it's quite that but Neris Bradley Alvarado and Brogdon and well, you mix in you mix in Kinsler like seems like a pretty solid yeah. back end of the bullpen yeah I mean they today they had uh Brogdon warming in the in the fourth inning when Nola was in a little bit of trouble 
Um, but let's let's talk about let's talk about the rotation a little bit. Uh, I want to start with Aaron Nola. Uh, his first outing, I don't think he looked like overly sharp. Uh, he wasn't striking guys out a ton or anything. No, he, was, he there there were some balls that um, specifically the one hit by Dansby Swanson that our home could have been homers could have been homers yeah. but the wind was really pushing in from yeah. left field and, and that that last pitch to, to Sandoval like that was clobbered yeah I mean he was he was throwing strikes he didn't have a single three ball count so like it's not like he was off um like by by a, a long shot or anything he just he just didn't have his best up then still went six and two thirds two earned runs like you said on the Sandoval home run which can we can we talk a little bit about the fact that Pablo Sandoval He's only like 34. I know. I know. He feels older. <laughs> I know. I mean, one Well, it felt a couple of years ago when he was with Boston, like it was he done. Felt yeah. Done. He was done. Yeah. It felt was, that way at least. He was good for the Giants like 3 years ago. The moment, two years ago. The moment that you swing and miss at a pitch and you break your belt or whatever he did that one time, like that is when <laughs> that's when your career is Usually ended. usually when that happens to a player they retire, but you know, Sandoval stuck with it. And he hit another one today, uh, a go-ahead in the top of the seventh because uh, the Braves swept that doubleheader. Um, I, I, I tweeted this on I tweeted this on opening day, but that Sandoval home run like really felt a lot like that time that Jason Giambi at whatever age he was when he was with the Rockies hit three homers against the Phillies. <laughs> like just a player in when he first comes in, like Twitter is kind of like, yo, this guy's still playing. Like, <laughs> yeah. LOL, this guy's still in the league, and then he hits like an absolute back-breaking home run against the Phillies. Yeah. It's always, it's always a, a fun time to to be online with <laughs> with those kind of moments. But yeah, but yeah, um, that was a an underrated moment. Yeah, as far as as far as Nola though, he was definitely not sharp today. Only lasted four innings. Um, again, only only gave up what a run, but uh, he he just didn't have so he threw over ninety pitches in four innings. Um, lots of deep counts, wasn't getting ahead, so. I mean, you know, is there any level of concern? I don't think there is. Um, it's just like you want to see him get off on the right foot, and, and I don't know if you have any thoughts. Feels like we've kind of seen this with Nola before, where he doesn't get off to a great start and doesn't always end the season on the best note either. But I think he has enough of a track record that we know by the middle of the year that he's going to be mostly the same guy. So I wouldn't be overly concerned. I know. You've kind of talked, kind of talked to me about this. We might have mentioned it on the podcast, but watching him, like his curveball is one of the best in the league. Do you think that kind of upping the usage on that? You've you've talked about this a bunch. Yeah, upping should. the usage on that, like, do you think that could kind of kind of fix this rustiness when he doesn't have when he doesn't have it all the time? Do you think uh, kind of ditching the fastball sometimes and going with more of a curveball would help him out? I do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think that that's one thing that he should definitely do. Like you said, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, it's just when you have an elite pitch, like one of the best pitches in baseball, or one of the best of that type of pitches in baseball, like just throw it more. And and yeah, like you said, it's something we've seen from him before. I think 2018 spoiled everybody, like because he was just on the whole season, and and it's really hard for a pitcher, any pitcher, to be on for an entire season. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors at play here. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a pitcher a little while to get ramped up, all of that. So, I, I, I like, I'm not concerned, and I know you probably aren't either. But all right, Zach Wheeler, like Zach Wheeler, 
He looked Zach that Wheeler. is that is the best he has looked in the Phillies uniform. No, uh, that was like that was straight up dominant. Like yeah. he did not he didn't strike guys out last year. Like he got out. He seemed like he got any double any ground ball double play he needed last yeah. year. Yeah, I know it was only 11, 12 stars whatever it was it seemed like he got every single one somehow i don't know how he did it but in every key spot he got that double play and that's what kept him from giving up many runs but he didn't strike guys out you would think that with a hundred mile an hour fastball and all the pitches that he has you'd be able to get more swinging misses and he just didn't last year and in his first start he did like he looked he looked super dominant and like you said, the best start that he's had as a Philly. Not that he's had a ton, but he looked good. It looked promising for the rest of the year. Yeah, best hitter on the team, best pitcher on the team. Well, I don't know. Yeah, how, about that? Really... how about that? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that was that was cool. I used to I used to be a DH guy. Used to be a DH guy, but then sometimes I think about it's usually Bartolo Colon's home run that I think about and think of how I would be robbing myself of that. And even games like like Wheeler's, like I know the pitchers are not very good at hitting and most of the time they're going to get out but every once in a while you do get one of those and it is it's magical like it is I, I would you know we would all miss it there's nothing quite like it and it's also just like watching you remember when Hector Neris bat hit a couple times like those yes. moments like that they're they're just they're just brilliant uh I'm not anti-DH I don't know if I'm pro-DH I'm good with either either has its perks um, remember I mean, when John? Remember when John Lester hit a walk-off suicide squeeze? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. So yeah, I mean Wheeler. It, it's something to watch, I think, because they signed him last year, and people were talking. You know, this with his stuff, with his his fastball being you know as high velocity as it is, he's the kind of guy that could take the Garrett Cole type leap. Uh, and he was good. Don't don't get me wrong. He was really good last year, but it wasn't like you said. He wasn't striking guys out. Uh, he was, you know, getting a lot of weak contact, a lot of ground balls. Um, but it wasn't – I wouldn't call it, like, dominant what he was last year. He was very good. And I'm not saying he's going to take the Garrett Cole leap this year. Um, I don't know how much of, of Saturday had to do with Caleb Cotham. But it, it, it's something to watch because he just – I mean, he, he was on another level. And, and, you know, we'll see on starting on Friday, you know, can he continue that? Can he carry that forward? Uh, especially facing that same lineup the second time. So, um, do you think there is a chance that he did take the cold jump and like he's just going to be this good for most, if not all, of the season? Like uh, people have said it, and it's always been a possibility in the back of our minds. But like that would be pretty unreal. Yeah, if he just I mean the Garrett came Cole, like, a, like that's a jump. I think there's yeah. definitely definitely a good chance he maybe t- took somewhere in between, you know, the Garrett Cole jump and being the exact same guy he was last year. And again, even if he's the exact same guy he was last year, that's still good. But um, with his even stuff, if he, he was could be even better. if he was the exact same guy he was like two years ago, yeah. that's I think he was like the top, top 15, 20, yeah, yeah, fifteen or twenty pitcher in baseball. So he's already really good. We're just kind of talking about if he can really, really put it together. Maybe he is one of the top five pitchers in baseball. Not super yeah. likely, maybe, but I mean, I don't think it's impossible just because you can you can see just watching we're big eye test guys around here. That's you right. Can, you can see you can see like 
there might be a chance that it happens. Yeah, don't show us the numbers. Let me watch the game, and I'll tell you. Um, so Zach Eflin, uh, he was the the third dominant Philly start against the Braves. Which, by the way, listen, the Braves lineup is really good, and talk about holding them in check. And Freddie Freeman didn't get a hit. Freddie Freeman, who owns the Phillies every single time, he didn't get a hit. Um, so that was impressive. Obviously, starters relievers but anyways Eflin struggled a little bit in the first inning through 24 pitches a couple base runners and it felt like okay you know got the good Nola start got the good Wheeler start but but Eflin maybe he doesn't have it to start the season and then you know he just he figured figured it out did the the classic Eflin efficiency which he's done even before he he took his little leap he's always been an efficient guy and, and he he was able to pretty easily get through the seventh inning, even though he was on kind of a tighter pitch count, I think he, like an 80, 80 pitch pitch count because he um, didn't pitch as much in, in spring training, but he looked great. He gave up that one home run on talk about a hanger to, to Travis Darnot, but uh, he looked, I mean, he looked phenomenal and, and definitely someone to watch another guy who, who people have talked about, you know, taking some kind of leap. I don't know what kind of leap he takes, but even if he is what he was last year, like that's a really good number three to have in your rotation. How many, how many complete games is he going to have this year? Three. Three. What leads, what leads the NL? Three. You think, so you think Zach Eflin well, is going to lead the NL in, you just said that. You just said that. Well, 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 I just, I just forgot that they're doing the seven inning double header thing again. Um, so there's not going to be as many as last yeah. year. Well, I'm assuming. you'd assume, but the nationals already like how many, yeah, you're right. That create? So I don't know. Um, but it, that's a, that's something that has decreased over the last few years, like less and less or fewer and fewer doubleheader or not doubleheaders, complete games. Zach Eflin among the league leaders in, in complete games since he came into the league, which is kind of wild. But yeah, I mean, he's just very efficient when he's on. Um, but he also has the ability to strike guys out now. Um, which he, we saw. he feels... He feel what he feels like is a good combination of what he was when he came up and what they tried to make him in 2019 when Chris Young was the pitching coach when they had him throw a lot of four seamers and try to get more swing and misses. Like it feels like a good combination of still using the sinker a lot and being able to get ground balls, but also not being a straight up contact pitcher and to get the whiffs when you need to. Like he throws a lot of strikes, but it's not just pitching the contact only and that's usually kind of the making of a, a good starting pitcher especially when he's your third I think um on some lesser rotations he's probably the second best guy on on a lot of teams and that's a that's a luxury to have there's kind of I know what we saw from Moore wasn't extremely impressive so maybe they maybe they need to add to that whatever they get out of Spencer Howard this year kind of affects things a lot but the top three seems to be pretty set and like it's going to be really really valuable yeah and i i think with more and and anderson anderson looked looked okay i thought um it's just i don't i still don't exactly get why he was made the five instead, five of, the four. instead of four not that it exactly matters too much but i don't know yeah yeah i mean like I, I do think like if one of those guys is going to stick around, it'd be Anderson. He was, he had a tough year last year, but track record, like overall over the last few seasons, he's been solid. He eats innings. He's had an ERA around four. 
little over four. So I see him, I see him sticking around. And I think the thing about Matt Moore and, and, and Chase Anderson and uh, you, they don't have a ton of, of pitching depth behind those guys, right? They have Vince Velasquez and Spencer Howard. And then you go to Adonis Medina. Um, I think they Rangers Flores could get looks yeah. like players like that, but nobody sure. who's like, nobody who you're exactly really confident in. Yeah. yeah. Nobody that you're super confident in um, starting in the major leagues. And, and I think that not that that's by design, um, but you look at kind of how Dombrowski assembled this, this roster. And I think, you know, they, they, they answered the season with the back end of the rotation kind of being a little iffy, but still like manageable. And then obviously the center field situation and the rest of the roster being relatively, you know, airtight. And I do, I really think they entered the season thinking, all right, you know, we have a pretty strong roster. We're not going to go all in yet and and we'll leave these we'll have these areas this is where we can improve if need be i don't know if they wait till july to decide you know is it worth trading for for a, a big upgrade in the rotation or in center field but i i do think they they did a good job of of making it having a good roster and then leaving leaving those spots that it's really easy to, to make an upgrade and, and and make a difference with this team yeah definitely they can they can add to it i think maybe the best upgrade over Matt Moore at this point uh if you know only one start if he continues to just not be as good as they would have hoped maybe I think the best possible solution assuming Spencer Howard is healthy is a piggyback situation with with Howard and Vince Velasquez and each of them throw three four innings something like that I I think that's probably that combination because they're both you know, Howard is not going to be throwing as many innings this year. And Velasquez is usually pretty solid the first time through the order. I think that is as good as mostly any fifth starter you're going to find on the trade market. If the Phillies are really trying to make a splash, if they trade for a Sonny Gray, another number one, two kind of pitcher, then obviously that is going to be better than Velasquez and, and Howard at this point. But I do think there is – it's not extremely deep, so injuries could really derail this. So, But I think there is a way that you can make do with that rotation situation, even if it's not super traditional, uh, going with that piggyback kind of um, combination. So I don't, I don't know what they'll prioritize, but I think center field like, – they feel a center fielder away to me. I agree. And there are, there are pretty clear – guys and we've talked about this off the pod they're they're pretty clear guys off the roster i mean not off the roster on bad major league rosters who you know could be available and and maybe are available now um the biggest one is is joey gallo and and they would have to trade a lot for him uh but he would he would make them uh better like that you know you'd have gene segura hitting eighth and Joey Gallo feels like Dabrowski's move. Yeah, I, he's known I, he's known to make some splashes, even if it is midseason. Like, feels kind of feels like the move. Yeah, I don't, he, he would hit bombs <laughs> in Citizens. Oh, and CP, yeah, so, something to to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, but Roman, who, Quinn, who else? Who else? Um, who I mean, else I think, do you think could be I think targets? Starling Marte. I, I don't know how good he is in center field, but I, I think when the Marlins traded for him, they kind of had the idea that maybe he wouldn't. They wouldn't keep him through his contract um yeah i think that's the case i mean 
Kingery is working down in the alternate site. Do you think it's more likely that on August 1st, the day after the trade deadline, who is penciled in as the starting center fielder for the rest of the year? Who do you think is the most likely? Adam Hazley, Adam Hazley, Scott Kingery, Roman Quinn, or somebody out of the organization? Um, I mean, I, I will say that Odubel Herrera probably also is an option there. Um, not that I think it'll be him. I think I would say at this point, the most likely is either Kingery or someone out of the organization. It just doesn't feel like they trust Hazley. He had he had a really bad play in the outfield the other night, uh, where a ball, a little bloop was hit, and he took 10 steps back, and then it fell in front of him. Um, but generally, yeah, like you said, like that is the clearest place where they can upgrade. And, and I, I... Well, yeah, you were about, I think you're about to mention Roman Quinn, and he just, he's getting hit by a ton of pitches to start this On year. On pace for like over 100 hit by pitch. He's, yeah, I, you said Chase Utley, hold my beer. Let me. <laughs> He um he feels like best suited as a bench player. Twenty sixth man, as our own Tim Kelly has said multiple times. Like, that that feels like his role, because of durability, because of um, yeah. you have the extra he hasn't been spot. hasn't been hasn't been hitting. Yeah. Um, so it feels like he's a defensive replacement and pitch runner kind of guy who can hit in a pinch if you need him. That's what he feels like instead of a instead of a regular center fielder. Yeah, I think. I think the odds are more likely for Adam Hazley. That's that's my guess, but I do think I do think out of the organization would be second most likely. It depends if they decide they're going all in or not. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's the all in. Thing. If they're gonna stay on pace for 135 wins like yeah. they are right now, I mean. Maybe they do go all in, or maybe they're just too good. They don't even yeah, need to trade. Yeah, they don't even need to. Maybe they need to sell, so make it fair for everyone else. Um, yeah, there's also the Mickey Moniak option, which, like, I don't know if he's ready. And if, if they called him up, he's playing every day. I think that'd be a fine decision to make, um, at least for now, just because, you know, give, give Hazley and Quinn a little more time if they want. Uh, but neither of those guys played well last year. So this isn't just based on this year. Like, you can't just decide based on this year. They, they didn't play well last year either. And, and I think at some point you would just have to decide, all right, you know, this is the guy. He's gotten some time in, in my minor leagues. Maybe he's not our long-term center fielder, but he's, you know, he's as ready as he's going he's gonna to be. I, I know Moniak's made some improvements with his plate approach. Uh, he had a great spring. and he's, he's Still feels a year away. You think so? He feels a year away. I think next year they're going to have holes in left field and center field assuming they don't trade for somebody that's going to be here um i think that he gets a crack at one of those next year i doesn't feel like this year sure yeah that that, that, that makes sense um but yeah center field i don't know how quickly they're going to move to i think that's going to be interesting do they wait do they wait till may to to say okay uh, we'll give you guys a month. Do they, you know, in a couple of weeks? I don't know. I, I guess it partially depends on how guys are performing down at the alternate site. But um, otherwise, if, if, the, if the rest of the team is able to to carry, like, I don't know if it'll be a huge priority. Right. And yeah, so, you know, you mentioned lineup. Didn't do a great job entering today. Had a good day today on, on Wednesday. 
And, you know, for, for the most part, it's like these guys, we know who they are. Uh, I, I think we know what production the Phillies are going to get from them this season. I think, you know, the biggest wild cards, maybe Alec Bohm, you don't know. Is he what he was last year? Is he going to have a little slump? Is he going to, you know, take some sort of step and hit a bunch of homers? But, but you look at up and down the lineup, it, it's mostly guys, you know, what to expect. So I'm not concerned by the fact that Andrew McCutcheon's hitting, he's hitting like 125. Um, all of that, it, it doesn't really matter. It'll be, the lineup will be fine. They can hit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We know they can hit. We've seen it. Uh, let's talk about Reese Hoskins for a second, though, because he's been tearing the absolute cover off the ball. Uh, three extra base hits today. He's, he's hitting every game they've played. He's got six doubles, which uh, is tied for the major league lead. Um, and thinking back, because we both watched the Phillies growing up, right? Thinking back to, you know, like a, a guy like Ryan Howard, who at, at some point when he was hot, he was must watch TV. Like you put the TV on and you had to watch him. I feel like that is what Reese Hoskins is when he's hot. Uh, like yeah, if no, you're it does feel that way. if you're like lackadaisically watching the 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 game and you have other stuff to do and then he comes up to bat like you gotta you gotta you gotta turn it on because uh, I don't I don't know if people actually feel that way about him though really I think they should I I really don't based on like Twitter replies I yeah well I that's think true. generally people don't really like him but it that's, does some people he think does, he belongs at the alternate site which is he does when he, he's mind. hitting well he absolutely rakes like yeah. you remember when. He first came back from when he broke his face from a foul ball. Well, it was, it was part of that was because of the helmet he was wearing. Yeah, that's, the, the magneto, that's true. the double C flap, that helped. Bring um, it back. I mean, last year, last season, he struggled for a little bit. He was walking a ton. He struggled a little bit for the first couple of weeks, and then he hit his first home run, and then he was on an absolute tear for a couple of weeks. Um, so I think, like, he was very good for this for the last part of last year until he got hurt, and he's been very good so far this season. Um, he's going to be hot and cold. Like, that's just what he is. But, I mean, I, I really think it's it's must-watch TV when, when Hoskins is at the plate right now. Uh, he also hasn't walked, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would rather if, – if I'm Reese Hoskins, I think I would rather hit a double or a homer than walk. Right, no, I agree. And, and the thing is, too, I was I was thinking about it. Like, has his plate ap- approach seemed different? Has he been swinging early in the counts? I don't no. think he's been doing that. He's been working deep counts, and he's I just think hitting doubles. Yeah, like, well, I, I think I think some of the one of the things that has struggled or that is uh, not struggled that that has frustrated people as as you know been when Hoskins will work a deep count and then you know on a three one count take a pitch down the middle or or you know stuff like that. And I think he's been maybe more aggressive in that sense of of getting his pitch and, and, and working it and, and getting, you know, the, the double or the home run or the single, whatever it might be hitting the ball hard. Uh, but yeah, no walks. Interesting. Um, They'll come. Yeah, they will. They will come. We'll probably walk four times on Friday. He'll have a, he'll have a stretch where he, where he doesn't get a hit for five games, but he walks 12 times or yeah, something. Exactly. Exactly. He walked, I was looking back, he walked like seven times to start in the first series last year. Yeah, so I mean that's that's pretty much it with the team. Is there anything else standing out to you? I mean, we can talk about bull, bullpen guys. Uh, we already kind of did. Yeah, I know. Um, bullpen looks good. Connor Maris Brogdon, three. Connor Brogdon's Connor Brogdon. Yeah, huge wing guy. Johnny is. Uh, Brogdon <laughs> looks good. Changeup looks really good. 
Um, Alvarado, I think it's great oh, when he pitches. There's, always... there's talk about must watch TV. Oh my goodness, I, like that that inning on Thursday was incredible. Like the drama, the <laughs> the intrigue. If pe- people will some- sometimes say that every Naris appearance is kind of like that. Oh my like, gosh. It doesn't even, it doesn't compare. Naris also, a <laughs> um, couple outings, like the splitter looks, looks really nasty. Like when that thing's on, it's probably one of the better pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Bullpen looks good. Um, obviously, we don't have to go into it too much. Uh, Vince Velasquez looked great in his first inning on Tuesday and then walked four guys in his second inning and, um, you know, it is what it is. Like dudes are going to have uh, bad nights. And, and like you said earlier, he's generally really good his first time through the order. So it happens. I don't think that one outing is going to, you know, cause them to, to cut him or, or trade him or anything. And I think, like you said, he might have value in as a piggyback guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Five and one. Right. Yeah, the, the Phillies are five and one. Um, you know, it's it's so good for base to have baseball back. It's been nice. There, there have been a lot of day games, so in the background, just watching. how about we get some more night games? Four o'clock on a weekday is ridiculous. Oh yeah, I do agree. Four, so I'm I'm cool with a one o'clock week game just because if I'm doing homework or, or in class or something, I can I can throw on throw on ESPN. Pay attention. Talking. Well, yeah, I'm I'm paying attention. Come on. Obviously, but if I need to look up, got to see what's happening. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? Um, <laughs> uh, but four o'clock, I think, is a very awkward start time. Even on a weekend, I think four o'clock is an awkward start time. Um, yeah, don't don't like it. Yeah, it's all the Fox games. They can't are see at four. They can't see. Like hitters can't see for the first hour of of a four o'clock game. Yeah, it, it's very. It, very bad and very that's, not that's, smart. That's what MLB needs to do is, is is make the quality of the product worse by making all games at four and making their hitters not be able to see. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Get rid <laughs> of it. Agreed. Uh, yeah, so the Phillies are five and one. Uh, has anything else that happened in baseball this week? Uh, you know, any teams or players stuck out to you? Your my guy, MVP uh, pick. My MVP pick. Who's that? Oh, Shohei Otani! Wow, I mean that was that was awesome. Sunday night was awesome. Yeah. Although that play, <laughs> the 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 pass strikeout, the that ended up with him getting slide tackled at the plate was one of the yeah wildest it was, it sequences, was sequences I've ever seen. It's that bomb he hit. Like <laughs> I don't know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. Yeah, maybe. Well, who was my other guy you were about to mention? Oh, Matthew Boyd. Oh, Matthew Boyd, you know, he I have called him maybe the worst pitcher that everyone thinks is good. <laughs> I seemingly always pick him up in fantasy baseball, and then he gives up home runs to literally everyone. But um, no, he had, a, he had a good start to the year. Johnny tried to dunk on me for that, and little did he know, I picked him up in fantasy again. So who's really oh. winning? All right. Yeah, tough week for Johnny, huh? Good week for Ty for fantasy that's, and ring it. But That's right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm sure you could tell by listening that, that me and Ty are both just ecstatic for baseball to be back. And um, it might feel like deja vu, but this coming weekend and, and week, it's another series against the Braves and then another series against the Mets. So 
you know, maybe, maybe they'll go five and one again. Uh, but until then, talk to you guys next week. Thank you.